to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another exciting episode of our Say No to PPO's podcast series. My name is Ben Tuine. I got my co-host, Jordan Comstock. How's it going, Jordan? Good, Ben. How you doing, man? Man, you know, it's uh, it's nice. It's getting warm. It's, uh, I know. March I'm finally 13th. excited. Yeah, I know. Gra- <laughs> grass is getting greener with the neighbors. I think last time I, I said uh, only my yard was green, but everywhere else is getting green, too. Yeah. Plants <laughs> are starting to come up. It's nice here now. Yeah. So if you're in a part of the country that's still storming, you know, our heart goes out to you. But uh, Yeah, I spoke to, a, what, a practice over in the East Coast, and I guess they're going to get a big storm there tonight or something. I know. And I'm happy that I live here now. <laughs> I know. It's snowing like crazy. I was speaking to a friend up in Toronto, and they said that they haven't had a real winter. It's been really cold lately, but they haven't had the snow. And he sent me a picture of his backyard, and it looks like it looks like the islands. It's like, holy smokes, you got all your plants and trees, and it was just all green. But, uh, well, welcome, everybody. I hope uh, hope life is great for everybody. So today, uh, we don't have a, a guest today. Jo- Jordan and I feel like there's so much for us to cover, and we want to answer the questions that we're getting from a lot of the listeners across the country. And because Jordan is an expert with member membership programs, in-house membership programs within dental offices, and then I myself being an expert on insurance-related matters regarding billing, uh, negotiating with insurance carriers, we, d- we do tend to field a lot of questions around what we do. And so today, we want to talk about um, some of the questions surrounding the mistakes, things that you should avoid when building an in-house membership program. Fortunately, Jordan has already answered these questions. <laughs> <laughs> if you check out Dentistry IQ, uh, Jordan writes articles for them quite regularly. You're, you have one that yeah. just came out recently, right? Last week? Yeah, last week came on the the top podcasts, um, which were on there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's yeah. no bias, I, right, Jordan? There's so many people that are, you know, we feel fortunate and blessed that people listen to our podcast. But yeah. you, 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 listed, you listed Gary's podcast. Uh, yep the the worms implants and other stuff podcast yeah mark um, costis mark costis who's a great friend gary's a great friend of both of us yeah um howard howard friends on there as well uh mike peterson his podcast is on there great marketing. i think that yep. i think that's everyone i can't remember uh obviously i mean i wrote that article a while ago and it, and it just got published uh that's the thing with publishing they take forever it seems like um yeah. But there are there are a few others that, you know, that I've started to listen to or check out that I think are definitely worthwhile to put on that list. I just wish I would have known about them when I wrote it. <laughs> no, that's great. I think, you know, we get feedback from the listeners and we're not trying to compete against the other podcasts that are out there because I think we're so no different, you know. Yeah. We, we support and appear as guests on other podcasts, but uh, several of the comments that we receive from our, our listeners is that <clears throat> we bring in local talent. We bring in a fresh pr- perspective on uh, insurance related matters and you know it's not it, it's really really a, a specialized area of dental knowledge and you know that's our yeah. whole goal so if anybody has feedback just go ahead and get, contact Jordan or myself we'd uh, we'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast but for today's episode the six mistakes or well, seven mistakes to avoid when creating an in-house membership program you want to get into it Jordan 
Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I wrote this article on DennisGIQ.com that kind of will go over a few things that we're talking about today. And you can just go to DennisGIQ.com. There's a search bar at the top. You can type my name in, Jordan, J-O-R-D-O-N, Comstock, C-O-M-S-T-O-C-K. And you can see actually all my articles that I've written for DennisGIQ.com. Um, and you can find this one as as well when we when you go and read it. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, article. let's get yeah. Let's get started here, Ben. Um, uh, so, f- go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no. I was just going to ask. You know, I, I I see the list in front of me. <laughs> so sweet, sweet. <laughs> so I think the the first one is most the most obvious systems. Why are, why is a system important with a dental benefit uh, membership in house membership program? And I think when you put your your business hat on when you're starting a new dental practice or a new business, you know you have to put together a pro forma. You have to figure out what what uh, capital you need to start the program but mm-hmm. but you also need to figure out what type of system are you going to have in place how are you going to manage it but yep. how can you can you explain to the listeners why a, a system in it within an in-house membership membership program is just as important as a system as if you're building just a regular standard business yeah you know systems are awesome i, I there's a few books that i recommend uh, about this topic the first one is e-myth revisited by Michael Gerber. In fact, I, I was able to meet him at a Serona conference I was speaking at. Um, he was there as the as the featured speaker, and he, and he did a course as about systems. But I recommend that book first, and then the second one um, I I recommend both. There's two books by the same author, um, Automatic Customer, which talks about systems on on creating recurring revenue, and then um, Built to Sell. And those two books are both by John Warlow. Uh, they're all three of those books that I mentioned talk about systems in business, and it's so critical to have systems in a business. Um, a story I always tell about systems is the parable of the pipeline, which is another book that I recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember who it's by, but um, it's called the parable of the pipeline. I I tell the story quite a bit. But it's basically about uh, two men in the ancient times um, before, you know, they had all the technology and everything like we have today um, were hired to haul water back and forth from the lake to the city well of, in their city, right? And uh, the the village, they hired these two men and they paid them on delivery with water and they gave them um, buckets to carry back and forth sure. every day, right? And... Um, you know, after a while, you can imagine that gets really annoying carrying back buckets back and forth, back and forth, I hauling did that water. Before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sucks. It yeah. does. So, <laughs> but um, you can you can imagine that's in a form that's a system, right? Um, <clears throat> but one of the guys going back and forth, he was getting sick and tired of 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 doing that. It wore his body out. It took a lot of time, and he enjoyed the money he got from you know the, this bucket carrying system but he 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 thought that there there ought to be a better way um so he created what we know now today is called a pipeline right right and you can imagine he he spent lots of time building this pipeline building it from the lake and it brought water all the way down to the the village well automatically right that mm-hmm. right there is an example of a good system right right and and you can apply that you know many in, in in many parts of the practice, right? You can say like the, I always talk about the CERAC uh, system, right? Years ago, you you only had to send crowns out to a lab to get them, you know, done there. But now with the CERAC system, it's very efficient. It's a great tool, 
um, now you can create um, crowns and minutes in your office. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's an example of the system. But same thing with membership programs, right? I know lots of practices that will try to run them off Google Docs and everything. And obviously they can get that work. It can work that way, but it, I call it the bucket carrying way, right? Where they, they try to carry buckets when there's a better system out there to, to manage these programs. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so systems are, are super important. And, and it gives a, a, your staff a process to accomplish a certain task. Right, and it can be repeatable and it's manageable. Right, it's not like up in the air. They have got to figure it out and create their own system, you know. And that that goes for all aspects of business, not just with membership programs. Yeah, you know, the nice thing about the pipeline structure is that you build, you you spend a lot of money up front in infrastructure, and then it's just maintenance from there. You're not having yep. to you're not having to spend uh, payroll hours to carry the buckets. As a matter of fact, in many of the um, uh, large businesses that I've been involved with. Uh, on the negotiating side or just uh, business parties that uh, I've, I've attended, um, they refer to businesses that don't have a system in place for automated uh, or renewing, renewing customers. They refer to those businesses as bucket businesses. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. They do. <laughs> if, Very interesting. If it's a business that is a transaction based where, where there's a lot of time and, uh, and hours spent with sales teams, and you only make money per transaction, and they're not mm -hmm. reoccurring transactions. They call those bucket businesses. The, the interesting thing is when you look at most businesses these days, the golden goose that everybody is looking for, or the, the, the hen that lays the golden egg, I should say, is everybody's looking for a re reoccurring revenue stream or revenue model. Absolutely. And that's what they refer, that's what you're talking about is a, a pipeline business business yes. that can create an infrastructure to create to turn one customer not into a single transaction but reoccurring transactions so Absolutely. I know that, you know we're, we're having this business conversation and, and and many of you refer to customers as patients and you relate it in the same way and so the system that Jordan's talking about it is a very very important part of the future of almost every business that you talk talk about there look at Walmart mm -hmm. Look at Walmart. What has Walmart d uh, done that, that, that is similar to what Amazon does? You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> People are shopping online now. Reoccurring transactions keep on going on and on. Like I have automated payments both on Walmart and Amazon. Yeah, and me that, too. That's the model, you know? <laughs> no, so, that is, you know? So systems. So I, I guess, Jordan, that leads us into the second component of your seven mistakes is automated payments. Can you talk about uh, that? Yeah, so with membership programs, obviously there's a lot of there's uh, usually two types of 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 payments, right? Yearly and monthly payments that a patient will pay your practice to get certain benefits and discounts. And what I've noticed just talking to a whole bunch of practices um just around the nation, uh I'm I'm specifically thinking about a practice here in Utah though that has a membership program and uh, they are not automating payments and they're doing monthly uh, plans for their patients which means oh there's a I'm thinking about another practice as well that's doing this in another state <laughs> uh, there's multiple um, right. but basically what what happens here is that if you're offering monthly or even yearly plans um, and not automating payments it's going to cause a, a, an administrative burden um, for your staff, right? If your staff has to manually charge a card each month, mm -hmm. 
yeah. um, for that patient on the program, the staff's not going to want to grow that program. No, because it's <laughs> it's too much of a burden. It's too. Uh, it's like I don't I don't want to get hundreds of patients doing this, you know, a month. Yeah. You know, and I know I know uh, practices that do have like 150. I think this this practice had they had 150 patients signed up on their membership program, and this office manager was manually running their cards and even calling the the, the patients up each month and saying, Hey, is it okay if we run your card? <sighs> Oh, no. Right, you can imagine that that's just not efficient, and it's not. And the office manager hates it. Hates it. Right. She loves the idea of a membership program, but she hate, hates um, having to manually do everything there because it just takes so much of her time. It's 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 really ends up being more like time consuming, just like you know following up with insurance companies. You I, know, I'm so guilty you, of that. When I first started my business, I actually um, uh-huh. I didn't know any better. And uh, I ran all my credit cards manually, but I didn't call up the client to get permission because we already had permission on. You got permission. Yes, but but I know what you mean. I was running uh, on any given month for the first six months in business over 200 transactions every month, and it was so intimidating. I was like, great, I have to dedicate this whole day. I'm going to be spending punching digits into the Chase Orbital Gateway. Well, well, the lab was the same way, man. You know. Doing that, and it was it was a pain, and I I tried automating that as much as I I could in the lab, but that's that's a you know the thing out there as I see with 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 not automating payments, it's it's so critical you know, and and to put a membership program in your practice and have your your staff excited to push it, you you don't want to add stupid little tasks like that. They it just adds their you know it spreads their their time. Uh, it spreads. They get spread thin, is what I'm trying right. to say, and yeah. and they don't they don't want to grow something, and then it just hurts your overall business, you yeah. know, when they don't want to grow a membership program or anything else, right? Yep. With so much technology uh, out there, I mean, automated payments is so easy to do, yeah, and uh, especially through your program, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's yep. a requirement, it's all automated. exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the first. <laughs> The thing that when we built the software to make it, you know, automate monthly and yearly um, payments. Yeah. I guess that leads into the third thing, Jordan, which is automatic patient renewals. Yeah. You talk you talk about the pipeline business. and you, you Absolutely. You, you look at Amazon memberships or Costco memberships. So I just got my Costco rewards um, certificate a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And it's a pretty nice $650 check that we get to go and cash at Costco, but oh, nice. that's what we're going to use to to pay for our annual subscription of, I think it's a hundred bucks or so. Uh-huh. Um, but, but the annual renewals, if I don't pay it, uh, it, it automatically comes out on the credit card. Same thing with our Amazon, our, our, our monthly yeah. renewals. And the nice thing about that is we don't have to worry about it. And, and there are some studies, there was an article that I read, oh gosh, was it Forbes? I'm not going to quote it, but I'll look it up <laughs> and maybe post it on the website or show notes. Uh, yeah. But it talked about the psychology behind the automated payments. And that, excuse me, automated renewals um, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that businesses that go back and try to seek permission from patients to do annual renewals lost a lot of business as opposed to those that uh, wrote in their agreements that this will renew annually unless given 30-day notice by the, by the customer. So yeah. talk, talk about the renewals, uh, patient renewals when it comes to the membership program. Yeah, so so basically, I, I was talking to a practice the other day on this one, and they had, I think, like close to maybe a little over 200 patients signed up on yearly membership program. Yeah. And the the biggest thing, it's very similar to, to you know, automating the just monthly payments, but um, 
the the biggest thing is that they were experiencing is they they were telling me, Jordan, we we have to call two hundred patients if we want to keep that revenue coming in that we received from them. We have to call two hundred patients and 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 automatically or or manually, I mean, um, get that payment information again and update uh, their account with us. And as you can imagine, that's that's a lot of people to call to try to auto renew, yeah. <laughs> right? But if you can just yeah. do auto, automatic renewal each year for for your membership program. You know, and only allow patients to cancel by calling in and, and canceling. You're gonna you're gonna grow it, and you're gonna yeah. grow it fast. And you know, much less attrition too. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah, exactly. Less attrition, and um, you know, I've I've seen this with count with a lot of our customers using our software. Um, they've signed up, you know, hundreds of patients in their for one practice, and um, it's all auto renewing, and and they love it, right? Because it's less. Again, less burden on the staff to go ahead and, yep. and follow up with all those patients. And then it just makes sense because, well, I mean, I try to automate all my bills because I hate sitting down each month and, yeah. and <laughs> trying to pay all my bills, right? So that also helps the patient, right? Um, they don't have to think about paying all their bills, you know, because it adds up. Yeah. Um, it's, huge, it's a huge benefit. And it's something being applied in so many different industries. Look at the credit oh, cards. I mean, do you have a credit card that has a fee? Like a lot of these days, you have the American, American Express. Express Platinum cards. I have, I have an American Express. Yeah, you know, got a and fee. we have some clients that even have the American Express exclusive black card. That's um, nice. You know that, <laughs> an unlimited amount of spending on that thing. But you pay an annual membership fee. I think it's yep. uh, three to five thousand dollars, I believe, to be a member of that. But those are automated. It, you can cancel it and express your cancellation, but otherwise the agreements that you sign up when you first enroll is that these this agreement will renew. <clears throat> and so a lot of practices that I talk to about this as well, they say, well, isn't it a liability if we, we don't have them sign something? It's like, no, it, as long as you have your attorneys legally structured or if you work through Jordan, you can have yeah. the language written in the original agreement, but you can send out new agreements, updated agreements to the patients from time Absolutely. to time when they change. But don't don't get a signature from them every single time. That is that's a bucket business. No, wanna, it's a bucket. Yeah, we want to stay yeah. away from those. Absolutely, <laughs> and and then like you said, like we've got a legal piece in our software where you can upload agreements. Um, so yep. and then when the patient signs up, they read it, they see it, and they digitally sign for it, and it stores it into the, their account in this in our software. So yeah, it's it's super easy to do, you know, and I highly recommend it because I've just seen so many issues with with practices that are trying to manage these. It it's it's hard on growth, you know. Really, if you really want to grow these programs, like our friend Dr. Phelps in his first year, he grew it to around thousand patients. Yeah, um, for his program, he did auto renewals, you know. Yeah, both on 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 monthly and yearly. Um, uh, uh, plans. So it's like, that's how you grow it. That's how you retain uh, patients. That's the way to do it. Yep. Perfect. Well, you know, the next portion, the next step, which is the fourth uh, area uh, to make sure that you don't make a mistake in building your membership program. Uh -huh. it, it's all about the price and the, the yep, price. Absolutely. Like you, you look at Amazon, you look at even in the dental industry, there are so many studies that are done on what's the best price point for a certain type of program, a subscription program, uh, even my program with what I do with uh, my insurance work, is that we've, mm -hmm. we've spent years trying to find exactly what the price point is. And it's not always that the price point mirrors the type of 
returns that the clients get, but that's okay. You know, businesses uh -huh. have to find psychologically what works best for, for volume or what works best in this case for dentistry for quality. So talk about what the right price point is in terms of uh, charging too much or too little for a membership program. Yeah, so I've seen I've seen a whole bunch of practices just that are have signed up through our software and they've set up plans. Um, but I'll talk about too little, right? I've seen a practice that was charging like I think it was like ten bucks a month for their membership program. Wow. And yeah, and I and I even actually I actually I saw that they were doing that and I called them up. I'm like, I don't I I don't know if that's the best pricing for this type of program. You know, and then I gave I gave him some suggestions. Like uh, I love Dr. Phelps' pricing. I think his is like three hundred bucks a year, um, or thirty thirty five bucks a month, something like that. Um, it's that's a that's that's a price point that I've seen uh, become really successful. But ten bucks a month um, for a membership program, it's just not doable. It's not. I agree. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know what the doctor's thinking. He's like, well, if I get, you know, you know, thousands of patients signed up on this, then it will be worth it. But, you know, you don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't charge too little, you know. And I, I talk about this quite a bit is understanding what does it cost you, right? Um, all the benefits that you're going to be offering in your program, what does it cost you? What does an exam cost you? Not what you charge the patient, but what's the hard cost, right? Right. Um, or what is, you know, what is the hygiene, uh, the cleaning? What does it cost you? Get, according to whatever plan you're, you're um, offering your patients, get a list of the costs, the total costs, and then do a break-even analysis right. on that with, with, according to what you're going to be paying. You know, that's the easiest way. We've got a, a break-even calculator on our website. If you go to the resources tab of boomcloudapps.com, um, and I think scroll down, you'll see it says break-even analysis. But that's you know that's what this doctor essentially needs to do for charging ten bucks a month. He needs to analyze his costs and make sure his pricing at least covers his costs. You know, yeah. you don't want to be paying for these patients to come and see you. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, in your article, you say that the average for an in-house membership program, a price to the patient is twenty to twenty twenty to excuse me twenty-five to thirty dollars a month. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. Jordan, but you're spot on with that. Did, yeah, and that's what I've just noticed in the industry, right? Did you know that um, when if I were employed, let's say by Intuit or some large corporation, Adobe or Micron Flash, okay, that my contribution as an employee towards my dental plan is going to be anywhere between twenty and thirty bucks a month. Yeah, and then the other half is supplemented by the employer. So in reality. A, a an insurance the PPO plan is anywhere between forty to sixty dollars per month, but yep. employees are used to paying twenty to thirty dollars a month as their portion and contribution towards that benefit. So an in-house membership program twenty to thirty dollars per month. Keeping in mind that yours is not an insurance plan, so it yep. doesn't have to be at the sixty dollar or fifty dollar range per month. But what I do, but but what I do know is that people are used to paying twenty to thirty dollars per month per patient, and so that price point there, in my opinion, for the benefits that are that are given are are spot on. But again, yeah, you know, I I think using your price, uh, what is it called, the price point analysis or the break even break analysis, analysis is what I call it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got that. And it's just a really simple formula if you don't want to use our calculator. Um, there's a lot of them out there online, and, and the, the the formula for that is in lots of 
uh, you just Google break even analysis, but obviously we have that, you know, for you to, to use on our site. Yeah. Cause I've, I've noticed that I want to become a resource to all these doctors out there and, and, and break even analysis is something that I use with everything I do in my business when I, when I offer, cause I want to know my costs. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to lose money. Um, you know, you got to know your break even points. Yeah. Uh, no matter what it is, whether it's yep. membership programs, uh, understanding what you know what you're charging for a crown, um, and what that co- actually costs you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what I recommend doing there. And then the too much. I've seen a lot of practices do too much, and yeah, they may get some um, patients signing up, but it's not going to be a, a a great amount. Right. <laughs> You know, I've seen what like six hundred bucks a year or something. I think that's a little too much. Um, know, I think a lot of people, a lot of uh, dental business owners, do that because they're trying to go after the the rich, the very rich. Yeah, yeah, you, I can you remember, see that. You remember what we talked about with um, uh, Scott McDonald, the demographics? Yes, Is that yes. Going after the very rich isn't a good idea. I mean, if you're going after one, the one percent. Good luck, because how many of the 1% live within a referring, like within a driving distance of your office? Your marketing (laughs) is going to be very small. I know. And it's, you want to, yeah, you add, I mean, how many many people out there drive a Lamborghini versus a Honda Civic? You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, yeah. You want to be targeting the masses, right? Exactly. We want to go after the Honda Civic buyers. And that's why Honda and, and Toyota and these companies compete in that area, because, that's where the the majority of their money is made is where Absolutely. the income is, you know, among the middle class. So. Yeah. And I've seen – now I've seen practices charge like around $49 a month for perio treatment, like membership program, which I think is pretty fair, um, yeah. you know, for perio. But I'm talking – you know, when I say $600 a year, I'm talking about just basic hygiene uh, membership program yeah. right, where they give two cleanings away. That's I think that's too much, and they're they're just trying to a lot of practices are just trying to make a a ton of profit um, from the beginning, uh, right from the get go from the membership fees. But um, obviously you want to make profit, um, but the real profit I was talking to Dr. Phelps about this the other day. The real profit comes in when those patients need crowns that's or right. fillings or dentures, anything in the on the restorative side. Um, that's where the real money comes in. Yep. The other. <clears throat> the other thing about the target market that you're looking at, the uninsured. Yep. The uninsured, if you really think about it, they haven't had insurance for a number of years. Aren't they going to have at least a filling or crown or two? <laughs> you know, people oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. that have neglected their dental needs for so long. So you're really targeting a market, a group of patients that have dental needs. And so I, I like that about figuring out the, the right price point in every business. You have to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a Ruth's Chris or a Fleming's or a Capitol Grill or some of these, uh, what's the other one that I went to <clears throat> at a conference a couple months ago, you know, where, where they don't care. Their, their name, their brand is a name brand. And so they, they, they inflate the prices uh, for the experience. But for most yeah. businesses yeah. out there, you just have to be smart about the, the price of uh, delivering your business. And so, but I do believe 20 to $25 per month doing two free cleanings a year and then structuring it. Um, uh, uh, a discount from there on other services is very appropriate. Yeah. Um, what about um, Jordan leading into number five here? Uh, so a lot of people put together, you know, they talk about the whole, you put up the sign, you put up the shingles and then patients start to walk <laughs> in, you know, we hear that <laughs> yeah. everywhere we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
why is this so different? I mean, why is excuse me? Why is this so similar to to doing a, a startup practice or even buying an existing practice? Why why do you have to market your dental benefit program? Well, I mean, marketing is essential with with anything you do in a, in a practice. But if you're you know wanting to launch a membership program for your practice, marketing is so important because well, you can build a program, put it on your site, and um, or have you know brochures on on it in your front desk. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna know about it unless you really reach out to people and market. Right. Right. Um, I, I had a practice the other day. I think they were in California or something. Um, they signed up for our software, and our our software does integrates into your website, so patients can sign up online. And uh, basically, this practice just put it on their website, and then came to me a, like a couple months later, like we we haven't been getting members signing up. I'm like. What have you been doing to, to market and promote your program? They're like, oh, we just put put it on our website. I'm like, wait, so you haven't talked about this to your patient base? <laughs> you haven't sent emails out? You haven't done a direct mail marketing um, uh, campaign? And they're like, no, we just put it on our website and nobody's signing up. I'm like, <laughs> dentistry is an educational type of marketing. Right. You can't just put something up and people are going to sign up. You know, uh, Maybe some people do that. Um, but the majority of people need to be educated, and that's where marketing comes in handy, right? Whether you're doing direct mail or sending um, emails through an automated service like uh, RevenueWell. Um, I know we've had several of our customers that use RevenueWell, and what they do is they figure out you know, which patients are uninsured, and they send a mass email out to all of those um, patients and connect them to the sign-up page. Um, for their membership program using our software. And, um, you know, that's a great way to market to your existing patient base, right? Yep. Um, but that's that's the issue I see. Some practices will just um, implement it, get all the brochures and everything, but then they don't do anything to talk about it, to market it. They don't even talk to their existing patient base, which that's where the low-hanging fruit is. <laughs> talk, talk about that, pra- that client of yours that you have, I think is in um, eastern Utah, right? Roosevelt or somewhere out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's um, he's on our Dr. Uh, Thomason's on her on her website. His testimonial, he, uh, his practice is having a great amount of success in a short amount of time, um, and I've been very impressed with what they're doing. And really, number one is they got their whole staff on board, and I think that's a that's a very important thing to understand and to know because I've dealt with practices that they you know get used start using our software, but then they don't educate to the staff what they're doing, which I kind of scratch my head at because I'm like, <laughs> your staff is the one that's going to be like managing this and pushing this for your, for for you, the dentist, right? The owner of the practice. Right. They're pushing it for you, but you got to get them on board. And that's what Dr. You know Thomason has done very well. In fact, I was so impressed. I went up there and traveled a, a day up there and, and spent a half day with them to, to see what they were doing. And they, the minute I walked in, one of, somebody on their staff was on the phone talking, and I was right there in the front office hearing what she was saying, and she was educating a patient about the membership, their membership program, Yeah. right, mm-hmm. uh, on the phone. And, and, uh, and then I, I kept walking in the office, and there was another staff member signing another patient up uh, while they were checking out. They're talking about the membership program. And... That's something that they've done really well, and that's something that it's not hard to do. You get your staff motivated, you incentivize them. Um, you know, with you know, you can pay them commissions. Um, 
a lot of people will charge like a $25, $35 setup fee yeah. and pay that commission to the, the office manager or whoever is the person that told the patient and the patient signed up, right? That's what, you know, a lot of practices do that. But uh, Tomlinson, they, th that practice up there, they've been talking a lot, educating their, their patient base about it. And I was talking to him the other day and he's like, this is all patients that are uninsured that have had this issue. We've had them in our database and now we're contacting them, right? And he's signed, he signed up hundreds of, of patients yeah, so now, his, in, in like three months. His reoccurring revenue is like <laughs> exceeds 10 grand a month, right? It's yeah, it's getting there. It's yeah, it's definitely it's it's awesome what he's doing in such a short amount of time, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's all about it's all about marketing, and, and marketing is all just communication, right. right? It's communicating to your audience, your your target market, about the 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 product or the service that you're offering. It's marketing. A lot of people try to make it seem like rocket science, but it's the most basic things you can do in your in your practice, and it's the most essential thing. Right, not just with membership programs. It's just what you need to be doing all the time for your practice, because every practice has some sort of attrition with their patients. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just so it's so critical. Um, but with membership programs, if you're trying to grow it from scratch, yeah, you want to invest some money in marketing and and get your staff involved to educate patients. Another thing that uh, Dr. Thomason's office did, I was talking to their office managers. They have a con like consultation room where they take in all their patients uh, when they're doing um, talking to them about treatment. And that's where they're in a private room. That's where they start educating about the membership program. And they've said that that has worked very well. It's just being able to make it like a private conversation. And they feel like it's something that, you know, that's worth their while with, with the patient when they take them into a consultation room and, and talk to them and educate them about these types of programs. Yeah. So that's some of the sex, success they've had with, with, with this type of program. So you went from five to seven which is five is failing yeah, to right. market yeah. the benefit and then seven is not incentivizing staff to participate so those are yeah. two really great key areas funny thing is a few years ago i was i went um my no i had an ear uh an inner ear infection uh -huh. i get this thing when whenever i go to the swimming pool my ears both my ears get infected and, and one day i just couldn't uh -oh. hear out of either, either of them yeah so i oh, went man, i went <laughs> i went to the urgent care and they went through all these tests and stuff and then wrote me a prescription and then finally came to the point where they were checking me out to talk about the financials and what I owed them that day. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. They they said, Okay, today you owe two hundred and eighty something dollars or and then and then they said, However, if you enroll with our in house membership program, an in house yeah. membership program that allows you to come in and here are the benefits. So she went over all these benefits. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I can come here and this can be my place to go for any urgent care needs. Uh, but she said, if you do this today, it's only $125. If you decide not to do this, then your, your bill today with us is the $270-something that, that I owed. <laughs> Genius. I know. Genius. And I was like, why would I not want to sign up for this program? There's no no strings attached. There's nothing you know that will tie me in. I can cancel at any time. So I did. And so, which which uh, which practice was that? Because I know of a lot of them here in Utah that are yeah, this the, is, like the medic. Is it Medallis? I can't remember. It's an urgent care yeah. off of Signal yeah. Butte and uh, the US sixty in Arizona. Um, oh, in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So and, in Utah. And I think about that all the time in dentistry because you have to find unique and creative ways to get people to enroll. I yeah. still get like I don't I didn't auto renew with them because of course we moved away and they don't have another yeah. facility up here. But would I? I think I would have renewed with them 
if I stayed in Arizona. Arizona. I mean, it's yeah. it's not bad. You get one or two free checkups a year with that fee. Um, but of course, as a consumer or a patient, I'm thinking next time I have an urgent care need, I'm not going to go to the hospital first unless I'm dying. I'm going to yeah, go to urgent care. Fortune. Exactly. So out of sight, out of mind. I mean, w w when you don't have that opportunity to, to know where you want to go for your dentistry, you just, you just guess. So that's yeah. another benefit in the marketing is uh, people will come to you because you're their place now. So I guess we'll talk about the last one, Jordan. Which is uh, sending people away if they don't have insurance. I <laughs> I get this all the time. <laughs> this happen. This happens all yeah. the time. And it sounds simple, but it's it happens. <laughs> I get emails from from clients saying we have so many patients that are losing their insurance program, and we signed up with this company called Carrington, where we get a oh, small boy. percentage yeah. of what what Carrington gets to collect. We get a small oh. percentage. Carrington collects it, and then Carrington forces us to take a bigger discount. It's like, well, you're then subsidizing the patient's care if you're doing that, and Carrington is 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 getting paid for your hard work. Oh yeah, and Carrington, they're they're also they're obviously taking the membership fee, right? Uh, a, a, at least a big chunk of it, from what I understand. I've kind of looked into them, and um, and then they like force all their the practices that are, that accept them to give away like free cleanings and stuff. Exactly. And that just it doesn't work. Yeah, cleanings cost money. Exactly. So, so you, sh you as the office should be collecting that membership fee, not a third party. Yeah, you know, don't, absolutely. Don't send them to the insurance carriers. You, you just keep them in house. Am I right, Jordan? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I always say. You know, just because it's it's a lot of revenue that you're that a lot of practices are leaving on the table, especially when uh, a patient comes to the practice and said, "Hey, I'm lo losing my insurance. Uh, I'm going to have to go to another." practice that you know it's easier to work with but when you have a membership program you know you can you can talk to that practice um or that pet practice that patient um about the alternative that you know and you can keep that patient i was speaking to a practice earlier today um <clears throat> about membership programs and that's one of the biggest reasons why they want to get a membership program is because they want to have an alternative to dental insurance uh, to retain those patients because they always they're sick and tired of saying oh here oh our our insurance changed we can't go with you guys anymore we love you guys we love your practice uh, we love the doctor and the staff uh, but we got to go find another practice right right and in dentistry is what I like to call um, it's a service that patients want to have that hometown feel, right? Yeah. They want to know the, the people they go to. So when when a patient is forced to leave to find another practice, it's hard for them because they've developed relationships with the doctor and and um, the staff. And I, I know, like, I was talking to the doctor that I go to um, for, for dentistry, and I said, man, you guys, if I moved, like, further south, um, like, an hour away from you guys, I'd still come and see you guys because, well, I, I like you guys. You guys, I feel like you're honest with me and I um, I just trust you guys and that's a big thing in, in dentistry. So having a membership program, you know, and, and not having to turn those patients down because they're losing their dental insurance is, is a wonderful thing um, when you have a membership program. Yeah. So so the whole objective here is to create uh, a pipeline business and, and retire Absolutely. the bucket business. So think, Get rid of the bucket. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's an old model. It's inefficient. And it just, it's horrible. It's not the way of the future for sure. So anyway, if anybody wants to get a hold of Jordan to ask more questions about the in-house membership program and the seven mistakes that you can avoid, 
So email Jordan. It's J-O-R-D-O-N at boomcloudapps.com. We'll post that on the website, on the show notes. And then you can also call him at 801-753-8586. Well, Jordan, this was great. I really appreciate you going going through all this knowledge with us. Again, folks, we're going to have another guest here in about a week that's going to talk more along the lines of how to get out of your insurance contracts. Awesome. Yep. And so stay tuned for that one. But in the meantime, if you have any questions for Jordan and I, any other feedback, anything that you want to hear particularly about any certain topic that we're talking about that we know about or something in the industry that you want to hear about, just go ahead and send Jordan or myself an email and we'd be happy to accommodate you. But Jordan, thanks again, buddy. It was a great show. I appreciate all the knowledge that you shared. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. You have a good one. You too. Thank you.